Welcome to the Children's Zoo. Simply follow the orange line on the wall to your right. To hear the parents speak, press the red button directly below the cage identification number. We're gonna go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And we hope you enjoyed our conversation about Healer last week. And um, yeah, we're on to uh, the the middle segment of uh, episode three of uh, season one of the Twilight Zone, the 80s series. This is a Twilight Zone podcast. Uh, we've covered um, all of the previous um, five seasons of the original Rod Serling produced uh, um, 60 series. Go, go back and find that. Um, brief aside, uh, people have compared this segment to the bewitching pool. And I will say that no matter what our thoughts are about this segment, no, so <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, and then also we've covered both, uh, Jordan Peele, uh, uh, seasons on Paramount plus go check that out as well. So we are, you know, just neck deep into not neck deep. Uh, like, I don't know if this is like a quicksand, like up to our shoulders, uh, and uh, Twilight Zone, I don't know. It's a lot of Twilight Zone is what I'm saying. It's right above my beer belly. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to, you know, the whole thing with quicksand is if you just wait, you'll float up, right? That's the whole thing as they talk about, like, it doesn't keep, because of buoyancy, eventually, you're just going to eventually, like, if you just stay still and don't fight, you'll be okay. Like, all the movies in the 80s taught us to be afraid of quicksand. I have yet to really encounter quicksand in my life. I've encountered some really muddy ground. Uh, and then around, like around some ponds and stuff, where you like your shoe gets sucked off. But I've not had a dire situation where I'm like, "Can somebody please cut a vine and throw it to me and drag me out?" I don't know, Terry. Yeah, you, just anything like that. All I can think of is a never-ending story. It wasn't quite quicksand, but uh, the horse, you know. Oh yeah, was it Artax? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or no, Atreus. Atreus horse. Atreus horse is Artax, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We I've never encountered that. Like I've encountered some squishy ground, and I've encountered some snow. That has been very like, screw you, you're not moving anywhere, but like, you know, eventually. So anyway, I hope I, anybody listening, if you've had a um, near death experience with quicksand, let us know. Cause I would be curious about what actually happened. And is the buoyancy thing real? Yeah, like, I, think, <laughs> no, I think Mythbusters prove that if you just wait, like, you know, enough that you'll be okay. So our beer bellies will save us. That's what I'm saying. Oh yes. So, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Keep on drinking. Keep on drinking. That's, <laughs> that's the, that's the motto for this show. Now. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> sure. Right. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed our conversation about Healer, which was the first segment of, seg- uh, of episode three, uh, season one. We're getting into uh, now uh, um, the, the middle segment, uh, like we call it, I guess we're breaking this down letters. So it's uh, season one, episode three, segment B, Children's Zoo. Uh, day and date, we talked about last week about how I had just turned seven and I was hoping for some rock lords. 
Um, got a lot of pushback from the Rock Lords thing. I, Did you think that people were going to be like, hell yeah, Rock Lords. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was <laughs> I'm hoping, glad you brought it up. I was hoping up. people <laughs> would uh, bring, sell me some, like, just, like, not sell me, but like, like, oh, I got a random box in the mail. It's a, Oh, why? It's going to send me some rocks. Oh, shit, it's a robot. Like, I, that would have been amazing. I've been like, oh, someone just sent me a lump of rock. Oh, shit, it's an actual robot inside. No, that didn't happen. The uh, worst uh, transforming robots ever, but anyway, I did not get any rock lords. I hope people talk. I hope people enjoyed that brief aside. See, yeah. honestly, just as just step aside from that for a second, I was a very disappointed kid during Christmas time. My mother, mom, if you're listening to this, I want you to know you pissed me off when I was a kid. Oh you no. Made- <laughs> You made me make a list of the things I wanted. And what was the one thing when you're living in the 80s and you're a child, especially a male child, what do you want? You want Transformers. I was going to say Nintendo, but yeah, Transformers. Well, I had a Nintendo, so I I, I want the next best thing. Transformers too. And I didn't get Transformers. I got robots that did not transform. So I'm like, Mom, you're like not even halfway there. No, my mom, like at one point she got me um, Voltron robots which they were there's different series of voltron yeah like i didn't get the lion ones there mm. was ones that was like these different actual like robots that became like a like this weird multi-arm oh it's kind of like how power rangers did like turbo and all Kinda, the other yeah versions. there was multiple levels of voltron so i ended up getting some weird stuff too mm. um but yeah it was always like can it ta- can it change into something i, I just um, I, yeah do you remember um robotech yeah, I, I, it wasn't really my thing, but I, I know of it. Yeah, no, my older brother on. ended up getting one of the model kits from that, that you could actually build the model that would go from the jet to the mech. Oh, nice. And it's like, he you know, he messed it up and never finished it, but that's really cool, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah, I just... I wanted all that stuff. All, yeah. the, all the stuff that could transform. Like, you remember Mask? Oh, yeah, Mask was cool. Mask like, yeah. was awesome, and I loved it, and it's like, I didn't get any of those toys, and no. it sucked. I got some Mask stuff, so yeah. Uh, tr- no. Uh, no, my the the two the two big Christmas memories I, I have from that time was one uh, I thought we were uh, too poor to afford a Nintendo because pro- I was probably right, but we had an Atari <laughs> that burned out because we used it so much. So I remember I just wanted the Atari twenty six hundred or whatever the next one was. I forget what it was, and so I remember waking up Christmas morning going to open up the presents, and the first thing I opened was Nintendo, and I'm like, oh nice, guess I don't need the Atari anymore. And my parents were like. Open the next one. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the Atari like 2600. I'm just like, oh, well, that's the, oh, Mario. <laughs> like this thing. And like, I think like the Christmas or two after that, I, I just really, really, really wanted uh, Mega Man 3, right? Because I'd already had two. And I remember uh, waking up early because um, like my brother and I couldn't not not like be like waking up mm. and uh, our dog had decided to take a shit between two presents <laughs> <laughs> so there was there was uh, there was more under the tree than we expected that's my two big uh, my two big 80s Christmas memories yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my mom she was just like not completely hip on that stuff like she really just didn't get all of that stuff mm-hmm. so I remember one year I it's, it's like the meme of like I want this, but we have it at home. Like you've seen that meme. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like yeah, right. <laughs> My mom, she was like, she instantly got like mom of the year status, real quick because I opened up this one present and it's a a Super Nintendo, and this was like when every every kid had a Super Nintendo or a Sega, and I was mm-hmm. like, yes, this is amazing. And she got me a little TV for it too. I was like, yes, this is amazing. I'm hooking it all up, hooking it up, hooking it up. And I was like, all right, where's the games? 
What, you don't still turn on and it plays games? I've never felt like the rug has been pulled out of me, <laughs> out from under me so quickly. I was like, there's no games? I was oh, like, no. she's like, yeah, it comes with a game. I was like, ma, look at the look at the box. Uh, not all of them did, right? Because no. some of them were just the system. Some of them came with Super Mario World, yep. right? Or Super Mario Land. Was well, there was Super two. Mario there Land. was so there was Super Mario World, and then there was a Super Mario All Stars one. Oh, that's right. That. Yeah, and or if you had like the big box, you could get the one with the extra controller. There you two. Go. All right, but only if you if there was a game to play. I'm sorry, man. That's uh, I was just like, that's worse than having a dog shit. This is presents. Christmas. Yeah. This is Christmas. So it's like, where are you gonna go and get game? You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, games. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was like, well, it's set up, so that's cool. Man, talk about like wanting <laughs> wanting a present and then being um, disappointed with what you get. Um, that's not a segue into the segment uh, Children's Zoo that we're about to talk about. But we're equally disappointed. <laughs> 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 oh no oh. oh yeah i mean sure anyway uh so yeah there there you go guys there's a there's a brief discussion about uh christmas's past yeah. um yeah <laughs> that, that's the thing now i'd be like hey i got you a ps5 cool and that's it like yeah. I, I guess i'd still be excited but i'd be like oh no right so well at least you'd be able to watch movies or something i look with the old cartridge there's a, systems there's you a can't digital do marketplace. shit on yeah. those things yeah i could at least download a game right yeah. so yeah <laughs> you're not as limited yeah that's fair <laughs> that's fair that that's rough business so yeah let's just get into <laughs> let's just get into uh, season one episode three segment b children's zoo uh who did what here what's our cast who all right heard? so uh uh, the first uh, episode that he got to direct on this, uh, uh, Robert Downey Sr. is a director for this. Um, we had just recently talked about him during the wor- wordplay episode. He was, he was the one holding the dogs. I'm sorry, soap. Yeah. Whatever the dogs were called. So uh, the dog was an encyclopedia. That was the breed, but I think dogs are called soap. So there uh, we go. He was the one holding up the puppies. Yeah, so he made a little spot appearance in that episode. But um, So if you want to hear more about uh, his career, Check that episode out. And then uh, next here, we have uh, two writing credits. I, uh, it looks like they were kind of a writing team for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so first here, we have Chris Hubble. Uh, two more Twilight Zone episodes coming up of the 80s rendition. A uh, bunch of cartoon work like Batman the Animated Series, Beetlejuice. And uh, this one, he had like 40 writing credits for this, but RoboCop Alpha Commando. I just, yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, like, it like I, it came, it came out in like 1999, I think it said. And I was like, just, it I looks lo- pretty I sweet. I love it. This, this violent movie in which a, a robot <laughs> cop that got just shotgunned to death came back as a robot, robot, and then shot a guy in a dick. Had his own <laughs> cartoon series, right? Like, there's a Rambo cartoon series, right? I know. Like, yeah. Just, there's so, like the the 80s and early 90s was weird with like uh like I mean there's a Beetlejuice cartoon which I could at least argue that, but like RoboCop, like it just mm, you know whatever weird weird times, right? Like I don't know how much you'd see that kind of product tie in now. Yeah, well, I mean, there was a Tales from the Crypt one, too, and that was pretty mature as well. But uh, nonetheless, uh, to our next writing credit here, though, we have uh, Garrett Graham. We actually recently talked about this gentleman as well, but I'll, I'll bring that up in a second. But uh, he is also going to be helping out with two more of those yeah, Twilight Zone credits. I think credits. they're a writing team for all three of these segments. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, mostly what if I, the stuff I know of his career is uh, all acting roles. Uh, he was in Used Cars. He was in Child's Play 2. And we had talked about Chopping Mall. 
not too long ago. Yeah, it was on the other show that I do, Invasion of the Podcast. I'm going to go over and listen to our, uh, really, um, it was like five people talking over each other. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Chopping Mall is a fun movie. Christmas, Um, your Christmas extravaganza. Yeah, Yeah, I'm talking about, like, you got to get out your shopping done. There's uh, robots that are going to shoot you. Uh, He was also in Phantom of the Paradise, which is, like, that movie's worthy of note because, one, it did really well in Winnipeg and nowhere else. And, two, the beginning of that film has narration from Rod Serling. Nice. Yeah. An uh, odd credit I found for him, too, which kind of ties into the the series. Um, he was also a, a musician and wrote music, and he wrote some songs for uh, Grateful Dead. Oh, well, there you go. Does the, the score for, for this. this. Yeah. 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 I also have him in Chud, too, Bud the Chud. So Bud the Chud. All right. So, uh, yeah, into our cast we go. So, uh, Jacqueline Barnstein uh, plays uh, Debbie Cunningham. Uh, she's the little girl in this. Uh, she, one more episode of the Twilight Zone to come up. Uh, and then she was also in Poltergeist 2, The Other Side, and lots of roles in shows like Golden Girls and The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. So Poltergeist 2, I, I, I've not seen that as a grown-up. Um, that movie bothered me a great deal as a kid because there's the bit where Craig T. Nelson swallows the tequila worm and he vomits up a very much larger worm. And I'm sure the flashes in my head are worse than the way the movie plays it, but it really bothered me as a kid. I just, like it, it it bothers me so much that even thinking about watching the movie kind of gives me goosebumps thinking about, I can't, I can't deal with it. It, That is like you with the body horror films and that, like, it just it aligns so much with something like the fly where it's like barfs up this giant monster out of his body. It's just like, well, this- yeah, I mean, like, yeah, no, no, the fly, whatever. He's like, I want to eat a donut and be like, that's fly drop. That's disgusting. But it's like, oh, this tiny worm that's possessed by, I don't know, Mormon ghosts or whatever's going on <laughs> in that movie. Um, it's like, I'm going to throw up a worm that's now equal size to me. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> I, I actually I've I've had the tequila worm one time and all I could think about for days after that was that if I was going to vomit up some kind of monster out of me. So, <laughs> but I was like, well, it, it happened at a Rob Zombie show, so I guess it would have been befitting. <laughs> if, if only the palette was like garish purples and greens. Yeah. Sure, whatever. Anyway, yeah. Now, Poltergeist 2 bothers me and I've not revisited. It's like, like brief aside, is there any of those movies as a kid that really bothered you that you're like, you know what? I'm good. And you never want to watch it as a grown up. Is there anything in there that really gets you? Uh, I mean, there's lots of things that scared me enough that it, you know, I didn't want to, I mean like dolls. Have you ever seen that movie dolls? Uh, maybe. Which yeah, one it's, is it? it's another one of those full moon films. Oh yeah. 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 I don't and so about. like, and my grandmother, she had a collection of porcelain dolls. So it was always one of those like, well, I don't want to go in the dining room now because yeah, that's where that's all the fair. dolls are. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the original Poltergeist bothered me too because the clown in the room and then the tree. Mm-hmm. Like that got me. The guy even, ripping his face off yeah, bothered the hell out of yeah. me. Yeah. Um, like I think I've talked, maybe not on the show, but on the other on the other podcast, uh, I've talked about how much the original Gremlins still bothers me because there's the bit where the ones is messing around in the kitchen and the mother walks in. Mm-hmm. Something about how matter of fact that thing is like eating peanut butter or whatever it is, frosting out of the yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing it in the theater and having to be too scared and I end up sitting in the car with my mom until the movie was over because like my younger brother and my dad were still watching her or whatever. And it was like it was like in that movie like that was like what. 
what, maybe halfway into the movie, so my mom didn't get to watch the rest of it because it scared me too much as a kid. I still don't like that. I don't like it. Return of the Living Dead, I still have night terrors about this stupid movie. And I've even met the actor that plays the character in particular that I am terrified of, of Tar Man. So, yeah, friends out there that know that, yeah, I'm talking about Tar Man again. Yeah, like, what was it, um, uh, American (laughs) Werewolf in London? Like um, David Naughton's character? That transformation sequence scared the hell out of me a kid and still makes me uncomfortable so like yeah I got a chance to meet Mr. Not and I was like you terrified me as a child and he was just like oh yeah okay like, you know, like, <laughs> like he thought it was great I'm like alright can I get a picture with you <sighs> man if you ever get to meet, re- meet Rick Baker be like you did it yeah. it was your fault Yeah, don't stretch your hands in front of me don't make your palms move bigger I'm out I'm done All right, anyway. so um, yeah. yeah so next here uh, the credit I have is uh, Lorna Loft uh, she plays Shella, Sheila, Sheila, uh, the mom of Debbie. Uh, she was in Greece too, and in one episode of Tales from the Dark Side, the series. Yeah, um, daughter of Judy Garland. No uh, kidding. Yeah, so a lot of stage work. She ended up doing a lot of theater work as well. Fairmount TV. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you think about that shadow that's cast, like in the expectation. So yeah, that, I thought that that's was- very befitting because I feel like. Her and the next actor I'm about to list off here are aiming for the back row. With oh, their, yeah, they're swinging for act- the fences, and I think that was the intent. Yeah, you're right. So yeah. Okay, so then next here, uh, we have Stephen Keats. Uh, he plays Martin, the father of Debbie. Uh, he was in Death Wish, mm-hmm. Silent Rage, and an episode of Freddy, uh, Freddy's Nightmares. Yeah, that's what I got, too. So, so And then uh, next I have uh, Sidney Walsh, uh, plays Melanie. Uh, Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Point Break, a bunch of uh, Beyond Belief Factor Fiction. I don't know if you remember watching that's this That's the show. one with uh, Riker, right? That's yeah. the one with uh, William Frakes that's yeah. the host, right? It was on Fox, and we used to uh, watch it as a family. There, there's some fun uh, supercuts on YouTube of him, like just his statements. It's mm-hmm. a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah, I, I, we really enjoyed this. We would watch this, and then when um, uh, Tales from the Crypt was syndicated, we would watch it like right after so it was real, it was a lot of fun on Friday nights or whatever it was Saturday nights actually, and then uh, our next credit here is a uh, Wes Craven. He uh, he shows up in uh, in this episode for a brief spot. Uh, is uh, Caged Man number one? Uh, I don't think I need to explain who Wes Craven is. We've never just heard of about, him. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Uh, I think it's funny that we had, like what was it? Uh, uh, the young lady would be a nightmare too, which I know he didn't direct, but it's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, great. After this film that's very successful, then this girl who's playing like the 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 front of the zoo, like you know, the person working, would end up being in a film that because of the success of what he had, she would have further work. Yeah, yeah. and we get a connection to him a little bit later here okay. in the credits too, but. Uh, uh, and next here we have uh, Carrie Sadler, Sadlery, uh, Slater, Slatery, Slatery. Yeah, it's weird. Um, she plays Caged Woman Number One. Uh, eight credits. I really wasn't familiar yeah. with either one of them. There's going to be a number of caged parrots here. Spoiler that there's not much that we can pull from. So yeah, yeah. and they're not really in the right order either. So yeah. but uh, next here we have uh, Don DeForster. DeForced uh, plays Caged Man Number Two. Twelve credits. Well, again, wasn't familiar with either one of them. Uh, next is Sandy Brown uh, Wealth. Wife. Wife. Yeah. Uh, plays Cage Woman number two. She was an easy rider and Johnny got his gun. That's what I have, yeah. And then next is uh, Jack Tillo. Tillo. Uh, Cage Man number three. An episode of Highway to Heaven. And that was the only <laughs> other credit that this gentleman had. Uh, and next is uh, Pamela Brown. Caged Woman number three. 
She was in Fright Night. Um, yeah, the only thing well. I'm familiar with. Uh, next is Al Alu, uh, Cage Man number four. Uh, sh- he was in shows like Happy Days and Days of Our Lives. And then uh, next and last credit that I have here is Virginia Morris, uh, Cage Woman number four. She was in Shocker. Which is a West Craven film that I need to revisit and talk about in some fashion. That's like maybe we'll do ridiculous. a detour. Maybe we'll do a detour here because I know we're going to have a lot of segments to get through. Mm. I really want to revisit Shocker because I know it's Mitch Pileggi mm. as the bad guy and I love him. You know, and he's like, "I'm prime time, bitch," or whatever he yeah. says, something like that. Tim Raimi, Ted Raimi oh, is in it as well, yeah. so it's like there, there's yeah. some interesting cast members in that. I think that's a more that that is a closer connection to dig into on this show than some of the detours we've taken. So I think it'd be fun to get into Shocker. I yeah, think that'd be fun. And then uh, the last credit I had for uh, Mrs. Uh, Miss Morris is uh, uh, Species. She was in yeah, the Species. Yeah, as that well. was the other. I don't even know who directed that, but I know that um, uh, I, Giger. Did the, the art uh, design for that, right? H.R. Giger. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's it. That's our cat. It's, um, it's very much a, there's a lot of faces real quick. This is a nine minute segment at that. Um, I feel like since we've already talked 20 minutes going into toys and Christmas is disappointing in the cast. Um, yeah, man. Like, um, I gotta tell you, as much as I felt like pulling the ripcord on Healer, and as much as we had a pretty long discussion about um, Dreams for Sale, the last the last episode, I know it's been a couple segments ago. Dear God, like I like where <laughs> this can be summed up in like two sentences. It is yeah. parents are assholes, and the girl goes to the children's zoo to go trade in her parents for new parents. There you go. That that's uh, your segment. Um, is. <laughs> Where is like I, I'm? I'm not trying to shortchange the segment. I mean, I guess the, I guess this is what we're going to run into for a little bit, with these being these these episodes being like multiple segments, right? Like you're going to have ones that run a little bit longer. Like the previous one ran 20 minutes. This is 10, and then the next one we're getting into is 20. Um, so some of these things have more legs than not, right? But this is uh, this is an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode that is condensed. And I don't know where to go with it other than I think the title is trying to be more clever than the segment itself. Um, but yeah, I mean, if people haven't had a chance to see this, you, <laughs> it's not streaming anywhere. Um, you got to buy the, the, the DVD set, right. To watch this. So I'm not trying to dismiss you listening to us, but my gosh, this is just a, it's a mean segment. And there's not much to it. I don't know where to take it. So I don't, Terry. What do you got? Like I wasn't trying to front. I wasn't trying to hide my. I'm sorry. Let's take this back. We don't talk about these before we talk about on the, on the show, right? I, I kind of was. Ten, I was kind of hinting at it today when we were texting, and Terry's like, "I'm coming over." I'm like, "Well, bring your scroll, <laughs> whatever it was," because this girl gets an invitation to this children's zoo. It's like this scroll that comes. I don't know out of um, Lord of the Rings or some shit. I don't know, right? And it's like. I don't even know how this got approved. I really don't know. Yeah. Uh, an owl comes and drops it on your desk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure either. And it, it's funny on how this works because it seems to be, at least from the scroll and what it says in it and the person that's running the front desk at the, the, the zoo, that it's like 
supposed to be like almost like a word of mouth thing like oh you got bad parents too take this scroll <laughs> but it's like but how do they get the scroll like is there somebody out there that's just enlisting kids like i don't know there's how a lot works. of questions here yeah so like okay we'll we'll give the bones of it like uh debbie who's the young girl she's setting up her room cleaning it up and there's a bit at the beginning with the dollhouse where she's setting everything straight to have the perfect family. That's a tease, right? Mm. And then she made this big welcome sign in her room and she's wearing like her best Sunday dress. She has her scroll. And the entire time, one, the music in this makes me want to pull my head off and throw it. Like, <laughs> like I just, I, like I, as much as I think it was inspired choice to get the Grateful Dead to do the scoring for this, I think that's kind of a fun idea. This is the like one of the most garbage. Like, like I know we covered monsters, like one of those episodes. That's a very low budget syndicated thing. My God, the music in this just—it is one of the worst goddamn things I've ever heard in my life. I just hate the music in this. It's so bad. I sorry. This is a this is a series about the Twilight Zone. We try to celebrate it. This music's terrible. <laughs> um, and it's like, so we, but the entire time we hear this voiceover of these parents is being terrible to each other. Like it is like, like it's supposed to be over the top, but like the entire time, like, I understand we're not supposed to like them. It reminds me, do you remember, um, the couple and sounds and silences? Um, <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, you, that- oh, sounds and silences. This idle hands make for an unproductive poop deck. You mean that one? No, I'm thinking of what's in the box. With that oh, couple, that, that was grating. Yeah, too. how like, how they were just like at each other's throats. I'm like, that was the '60s. You've had some time to write better couples. I'm not saying you can't write couples that are dysfunctional and having problems, um, but this is just like it, you know, like Al and Peg Bundy would be like, you guys have problems. Like, there is like <laughs> something like Archie Bunker would be like, dial it back. You guys are just <laughs> terrible, right? Like it is, it's bad, and it's like. And they and you mentioned they're they're playing to the back rows. They're swinging for the fences. Which yeah. one, the script shows that, and two, the director's like, "You guys got to be terrible from the jump." And so when Debbie brings like the scroll out, that is his invitation to the children's zoo. Um, the whole thing is like the father's like, "Oh, you should take her because you know she should go out sometimes." And then the the the, the mother's like, she rolls, she looks at it, she's like, "Oh, well, it requires both of us to go." And then he's like, "What?" And he's like didn't you just say that we should both go? And it's like, okay, great, whatever. It's like, fine. They're in the car. They're going to, I don't know, highway 20, just by the inflatable gorilla, by the used car lot or whatever it is. Right. To go. And there's even the bit too. It's like, well, there better not be a lot of people there. Blah, 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 blah. Like they just hate each other. They hate each other, which, uh, you know, Terry and I are both happily married to each other. That's the, well, you know, <laughs> and we, to the podcast, it's a, it's a, it's a, a podcast. Yeah. It's yeah. a, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Sure. It's like polygamy. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's this podcast. Hey, we're married to you guys too, yeah, somehow. Yeah, there you go. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> just, uh, you know, we're never going to let you down. You know, we're never going to cheat, kind of. I mean, sometimes. I thought you were going to go Rick Ashley for a second. Yeah. <laughs> never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. But yeah, so they go to the children's zoo, which looks like, um, you know, but you could tell of the nine minutes that was on this segment, the money was spent on this facade of the children's zoo. And it's like, yeah, I've been to a book fair. You know, whatever. Fine. So the little girl takes the scroll to the person that's there and, and she's like, Oh, welcome, whatever. And the parents are just yelling at each other the entire time, whatever, blah, 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 blah. The little girl goes to the children's entrance and the parents are like, you know, they're yelling too. And, and they're like, what's going on? And the girl, the melody is like, nah, just come over here. There's this other area you guys need to wait. And then like the dad's hitting on her. They're just garbage people. They're garbage people. Like there's no, like I get that this is a short segment, so you kind of gotta get to the point. But I also feel like, um, 
you can do terrible but flawed. Mm-hmm. I don't get a flaw in this, other than you find out they're married because, um, you know, they got pregnant before and they got married because of the kid. Whatever. So then the whole thing, too, is that we get Debbie, who's like five, going through the children's zoo, quote unquote, and she's seeing all these like uh, exhibits of different couples. And they're in various stages of duress. And there's a button to go, like, press it and talk to them and be like, and they're all like, hey, kid, press this button. You're terrible. Just get us out of here. So we find out that this is a trap for parents, bad parents, right? And somehow, like you're mentioning, the scroll has been passed around from, like, kid to kid to be like, hey, are your parents terrible? Dump them in this pit and maybe find better. I just, (laughs) like, the whole thing, like, I have questions about quality control because it's like, we eventually get through. There, there's the bit where Wes Craven yells at a child, which is great. I just got to point that out. He yells at, like, he yells at Debbie. <laughs> and did you see the look on the woman that is with him? Yeah. Like, she. <laughs> did, I, I was like frightened of this lady. Her eyes oh, look yeah. like her. Uh, she looked manic. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like all like everybody until we get to the last couple that have honestly learned their lesson or whatever. Like, all of them. Like, the first couple look like uh, tearing apart hobos. Like, they're just like, <laughs> yeah. Know. And then we get For to real. we get to Craven and Company. He was like, you little shit or whatever. He's like, he doesn't call her that. <laughs> but it's like, he calls her a brat. And it's like, you don't even know who this. She controls your well-being. Yeah. yeah and there's actually, there's one person in this cast that we have no idea who they are because they were sleeping in a bed. <laughs> Or however, whoever yeah. else, how they many gave other, they gave up. It's so it's fine. Just like forget it. Like I, you know, like I'm just gonna sleep my depression away. Yeah, yeah, because they're now stuck in like an untenable situation. Like yeah. you know, whatever. So then, you know, Debbie, who never actually ever speaks in the episode, she she says one line, and that's mommy. Oh. Oh yeah, 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 there you go. And yeah, that's, that's it. Because she's like, "What?" Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's right. Cause she, yeah, because when her mother shouts at her, I'm like, "Well, that's that's a, unnecessary. <laughs> that, that escalated quickly, whatever." <laughs> uh, but yeah, so she goes through and looks at everything, and then there's the one couple that looks like they're well put together, and they're very saccharine sweet of like, "Do you want cookies a thousand times a day? We'll get you cookies." And like, yeah, what was the girl like? He called the his wife name was like what was it Darla or like Starla or Marla? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Any of those names sound like it was the mom from the crow that was like the, the daughter oh. in there. I think her name was Darla, right? It's just like, I think you're right. But <laughs> I- <laughs> yeah, the one that was like hooked on heroin, like I don't trust her. I don't trust her. You know, anyway, so then we get to like the couple that's like, Oh, we've learned. We now know what it means to be good parents. It's like, okay, great. So they convinced this little girl to be like, no, nah, I pick you guys, whatever. Right. There's only like five exhibits. Right. And then we find out like after, Debbie's picked her new parents and everything's great. Her old parents are now stuck in the cell and it's like, well, good on them. They don't deserve to be in public anyway. They're terrible. Right. Fine on that. I'm fine with that punishment, but it's like, okay, so I have a lot of questions. One. So then the parents then come back to this home. There's a lot of like, well, who owns the deed to the house? There's a lot of like, who has the bills? There's social security numbers. Like there's, I understand this in the twilight zone. It's supposed to be this weird world, but I don't think you could just slot in grownups and just move in and out of life. You know, like if you, if you tip this back, like if you set the story, I don't know, like a long time ago or make it more of a fairy tale setup, then you could maybe get away with that. But this is like, nope, this is set in the modern day of 85. There's a lot of questions. And also, um, what kind of uh, provisional powers does the zoo have? 
<laughs> you know, like we're just going to keep a bunch of adults against their will because they're shitty parents. And also too, like let's, let's say that Debbie grabbed the good ones and then she passed the scroll off of the next kill on the playground. They're slim pickings yeah. <laughs> for the rest of the family. Yeah. Like, and, and, and even then it's like, when you think about the world that this exists in and at, and all the problems that you can encounter, it's just like, wouldn't somebody be talking? Like, wouldn't somebody have some kind of concern about like, who, wait, what happened to Bill? What ha- what happened to Mary? Like, what happened to these people? Like, who, who, where, what? And it's what, like, wh- where you go? Who asked? Where'd you go? You know, so it's like, like the, the world building is kind of a little off there. And it's like, it really is. It's kind of the turning of its head of if you're talking to a child and you want them to be good, you can say to them like, well, you know what's going to happen if you're not good, then we're going to take you to a place and we're going to drop you up. And then you're going to be with all the other bad girls and boys. Yeah. And, and it's like, it's like the turning of its head on that. No, I get that. Like there's, um, there, but was they the, didn't go far enough. No, no, you're right. That's the reverse of that. There was a, a, a very famous story of, uh, Alfred Hitchcock talking about how supposedly he was taken to a police station as a kid because he wasn't respecting his parents. And the, the police officer's like, well, you need to be good or scared else you're straight. Yeah. And he always talked about how he never had a trust of the police after, but it's mm. like, we don't know if that's his myth building or whatever, but that's something that's kind of like, you know, it's, it's ingrained in the legend of what his distrust of the police, you know, whatever. So you get that. It's like, if you're bad, like, um, Growing up for me, there that like was the next county or two over. There was an actual um, asylum, right? It was uh, it was called Weston at the time, but it was originally called the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, where it's like, hey, if you misbehave, we're going to send you to Weston. <laughs> you know, it was a whole thing, and it's like that place was that that place existed and was decommissioned in the mid nineties. So there was always that threat of like, we're going to take you to this place, and you're never coming back. Mm-hmm. So. I'm glad that you brought that up because there's that twist of like, if you misbehave, you're going to do that. Yeah. And with this, it's like, like, yeah, it's even with like a, like a, they still had this like hundreds of years ago too, where Kromp Krampus was developed to scare children and that. Yeah. Like, uh, like, well, if you're not a good boy or a good little girl, Krampus is going to come and whoop you. Yeah. (laughs) So I I get that turning on its head. And I think the name of children's zoo is kind of like I I don't I like the idea of telling you what it is but not until you see what it is. I like that double meaning. I think that's fun, but this was a little it was trying to be a little too clever than for what it was. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I just man, like I remember watching this as a kid, but I also remember it being like bigger than what it was. Again, you know, you have those flashes. I like the West Craven thing of calling a kid a brat. I just want to <laughs> Like, I remember that for whatever reason, but I thought this was a much bigger segment, like, of, like, this kid going through and choosing their parents. So, um, people, I was reading online, um, people have compared this to the bewitching pool. Um, I don't think that's fair to, like, as much as the segment's not great, um, it's not the bewitching pool. I don't, like, I didn't, I didn't see, uh, you know, granny dumb face or whatever her name was, man. Like I forget her name. Like, you know, granny child stealer, whatever her name was, you know, aunt knee or whatever. I don't, I think it was aunt knee. Sure. Whatever. Uh, Auntie, just take your kids away. Um, like I, like, so I, I would compare this closer to, um, there was, um, 
what was it? There was a season two of the original series. Uh, people are like all over where you had Roddy McDowell and somebody land on Mars. Yeah. I like and, that one. And then like, you know, he turns out that like Roddy McDowell is like put in a human zoo, like mm-hmm. type of thing. Like I kind of get that where it's like, Oh, humanity's terrible. We're going to just judge you. Like I, I get that vibe. Um, there's also, Oh, what was the name of the episode in season like three also where the older couple was going on to replace their bodies and they had like a certain amount of money that the, the, um, the older gentleman got the younger body. His wife had to wait. Like you get like, there's a lot of that, like looking at displays and you get a lot of that too. Um, like it was called the replacements. I forget the name of the actual episode, but there's a lot of that vibe. I get that. But when I say this is an, are you afraid of the dark? If I'd have been like, Terry, we're going to watch this episode called, let me tell you, like submitted for the midnight society, the tale of the children's zoo. Like, I feel like this would have been in line with this or, uh, or that, or like goosebumps. Yeah. Like very, very similar vibe at least. Which I mean, there's always that fantasy of like, man, if I could just switch my parents out and they would buy me a super Nintendo game for Christmas and not just the system. I'm kidding. You know, like I get that vibe. Talking to you, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Shouldn't have bought me goddamn rock Lords. No. So no, I like, I get like all of that. There's that fantasy, but like you talk about the world building, like this thing, like I understand there's a certain amount of suspension of disbelief. This twilight zone. We're supposed to accept certain things and just kind of bring, like we're supposed to face the story head on. I, and I can appreciate that if you give me enough to latch onto, dear God, there is not enough to latch onto. There's too many questions. This thing is loose. It is just, I, I didn't know of the three segments in, in this episode three of season one that I would come away feeling um, like less enthused about this segment versus healer. But here we are. That's where I'm at with that. Yeah. I, I did find it interesting that it was kind of this uh, whole like book trade-in system where you're like, well, I'm done with these parents and they're not going to be of any use to me, so I'm going to trade them for better parents. But at the same point, it's like I just wanted a little bit better of a you know of, of a scenario. Like maybe let's wipe the parents' uh, brains or something like that. Like not them just going like crazy sitting in this room because I don't know is getting is crazy and then not crazy going to be the way it works out. Like you go in there, you're nuts. And then, and then you suddenly realize why you're there and then you're going to be okay to somebody else's kids now. Like, I don't know that it's not good storytelling to me. (laughs) No, I agree. It's just like, all right, well, all right, here we are. You know, it's just, it didn't feel. Yeah. So the, the the episode I was talking about was season three, episode 31, the trade ends. So I just looked it up too. I I just wanted to bring it up. Like it's not the same thing, but it kind of has that display quality to it of like a better life. So I think that we've, Oh, the other thing I want to mention too is uh, season three, episode 35, I sing the body electric, which is where the father who's a widower takes his kids to the grandma factory to pick out like the, the, the new electric grandma. That one's weird, too, because you see a table full of eyes. You're like, that's the eyes I want. I'm like, you shouldn't be showing your children eyes. Anyway, um, yeah, they're, they're, like, I, I get this to a degree, but, um, yeah, it just didn't work for me. Didn't didn't work for yeah. me. Kind of kind of flat, kind of meh. And the music in this is one, like, it's just so goddamn terrible. I just... I don't like this segment. I know I, when we get to, I don't know how we're going to rate the season. Cause there's a lot of segments. Maybe we'll break it up and like, you know, maybe we'll do it in thirds or something. When we do like a revisit, this is uh this is rocketing to the bottom. So 
far where we're at. <laughs> Just letting you know. Twirling towards the bottom. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's not a great episode. It's it's not, but... Well, know, maybe maybe whatever. the next segment will redeem the see, episode three. But don't know. And again, when we decided to approach this the way we did... Uh, if we would have covered this, uh, if we would have covered episode three in full, we would probably have been like, yeah, this middle one, let's just move on. But everything I think is worthy of digging in, good, bad, otherwise. And um, I'd almost put this in otherwise because it's just kind of there. It's yeah. just, you know, like at least Dreams for Sale had like a little bit more will, word building, mm-hmm. world building to dig into. This doesn't. So there we go. Yep. I, I have no other, no other good good notes in here. Anything else? That, that's pretty much it you brought up everything i was going to discuss sure so let's just rate that twist uh that a thing is called children's zoo and she has a scroll and she's trading in her parents i had seen this before but i think i may have been tempered by this i'm gonna give it a one because it just it seems like from from the jump these parents are terrible and something's going to happen to them i'm gonna give it a two i i just wasn't quite sure where it was gonna go the title was kind of curious to me and i wasn't really sure but the parents overacting and all that stuff i'm like well something's gonna happen to the parents so that's <laughs> two yeah so I, I forgot the the premise of this but twist is like one out of five one being meh five being mind-blowing doesn't reflect the episode but in this case kind of does yeah there you go so again you had not seen this so at least you came in without any knowledge i had already been tempered with some of this i you know clearly my mom was showing me things as a kid that you know, I just processed it. There we go. Whatever. Uh, but I also glad that she showed me the Twilight Zone's kid. There is a story or two coming up later in this series that destroyed me as a child. So I'm sure we'll get there when we get there. Um, we'll be yeah. All right. So yeah, I think that's going to do it for our discussion about children's zoo. Uh, we've now went 40 minutes for a nine minute segment. So I think we did a pretty good job. Yeah. I think we beefed it up a little bit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's going to do it for that discussion. You guys can find us on Facebook at Strange Highways. Um, we're posting uh, you know, images there uh, from uh, previous episodes. Uh, and you guys could um, you know, email us directly at strangehighwayspodcast at gmail.com. Wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us would be greatly appreciated. Even though this segment was kind of a stinker, um, that's kind of also part of the, the journey, right? Is that, you know, we're going to watch this chronologically. If we just cherry-picked... I think like you don't get a scope of, of everything, right? Like previous like we talked about the original series, everybody holds it up behind regard and as well, they should, but you get, you get shit like the bewitching pool that you need to, you need to experience. Right. So anyway, uh, Terry, how can people find us otherwise? Right. So yeah, please check us out on Instagram. Uh, we're on there or posting as often as possible. And, uh, hopefully you guys will be there for the ride. Uh, and please, like Paul says, every time, Give us some love. Give us some feedback. Yeah, pre- press that button and choose us as your parents. Maybe give a, a five star rating on, uh, you know, Spotify. We that will would not be call amazing. you a brat. We'll make you cookies as much as you want. You know, please choose us. Yeah, audio <laughs> cookies. Here they come, <laughs> fresh and hot. Um, yeah, please uh, just share the love uh, and uh, come on back. Yeah, so that's going to do it for this segment. Uh, next episode we're getting into is the last segment of episode three, season one of the 80s Twilight Zone called Kentucky Rye. Um, sure. Like, I mean, I we like alcohol, so maybe this is better. Yeah. Rye rye whiskey is okay. Yeah, there you in go. In my opinion. So, um, <laughs> so that's going to do it for us this week. Everybody have a good week. Have a safe week. And um, I don't know. Um, 
you just you choose us, you little brat. <laughs> That's what I gotta say about that. Please choose us. <laughs> here.